Surely he's joking. We finally got our first sponsor, guys. Yeah. That's right. We're going to be rich. <laughs> and what's better than it being one of our guests? Someone we know and like. Dr. Anthony Roy. He brought these bras in last time he was here. It's these gecko technology. Yeah, the secret is this patented lining called Gectech. It's this uh, laboratory-tested silicone that makes intimate contact with even sensitive skin. And uh, we got to play with them, throw them on the window. Remember, it was like a crazy toy we played. It was like Ninja Star. Yep. Dude, and Kate Quigley <laughs> tried on the bra. Uh -huh. And she loved it. And she loved it. I would say it's the most high-tech bra out there. I want one. Where where do I buy it? You can get it at kellykayapparel.com. That's K-E-L-L-I-E-K-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. And uh, with our podcast, we're going to have a promo code for you guys. That's right. It's S-Y-J. Use that for 25% off at checkout. That's 25% that not only gets you a discount on the bra, it also helps support this podcast, which we badly need. So yeah. you got it, especially our fans out there, go for it. So once again, that's Kelly K, K E L L I E K, apparel.com. Kelly K, apparel.com. Punch in a promo code SYJ for 25% off. That's right. Kelly K, apparel, apparel engineered for women and Griff. Talking to people about. Dark matter and neutrinos can be funny. Surely you're joking. Hopefully, yes. What a wonderful universe. Welcome to Surely You're Joking. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Peter Hickerson. We're coming to you from Caltech today. We have <laughs> almost a full house. We have Jimmy O. Yang, almost yeah. Joe. Uh, he's been crushing it all month. Amazing it. things. Made on LA Times so you play Pokemon. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. That's we'll okay, okay. That. Sorry, I jumped the gun on that. That's that your biggest credit now. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that and talk about the, the show you just got on, too. Uh, we also have Griff Pippen. Woo! He's, um, he's doing an open mic in Barstow later today, <laughs> so... You can catch him there. Fresno. <laughs> yeah. Fre oh, Fresno. Okay. Same thing. Uh, and we have a very special guest, a friend of mine from here at Caltech. Uh, he's a fantastic actor. He's also a, a theater director. He's done lots of plays. Um, he was also uh, one of the one of the top villains in uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. <gasps> and in particular, he was in an episode that uh, is considered one of the best Star Trek episodes of all time. I saw it was number. Time. Number six on one, and I just I went and I watched it recently, a couple months ago, just to see. I remembered it from when I was a kid, but I watched this episode again, and it's really good. So we'll get into that. Um, the name of the episode is Measure the Man. Also, uh, was a guest in uh, Shawshank Redemption and a whole bunch of other things, and then most importantly, and uh, for for my life here and our life here, is he, <laughs> he is the director of the theater arts department at Caltech, where no he's put on deal. lots of plays, including a, a great hit recently was called uh, Boldly Go, which we'll talk about. Uh, please welcome Brian Brody Brophy. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. He screws everyone's <laughs> intro and name up. It's, it's not actually just you. it's a theme on purpose. I God. screw up everybody's name. He's just bad with people. Yeah, That's I messed up him. Jerry Zucker's name last time. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can do uh, Brody Balboa. There's Brody Balboa. There's, there's Brain Barfy. That's always a good one. Brain Ooh, Barfy. Brain Barfy. Brain Barfy. Oh, I like that. Barfy in 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 Hindi is sweet. So. 
nice. Some people like my brain barfy, which is barfy. <laughs> brain was That sounds uh, like uh, if you were going to teach fifth grade, that would be right up there. When you, if you were substitute teacher, you were like spelling it wrong. Yeah, spelling it, and then that would be the first challenge you'd get from the class was the like, oh, okay, Mr. Barfy. Yeah. 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 You're so sweet. Um, my first thing, what I did is I did bring some uh, original uh, wow. series Pokemon cards for all of you. Yes. Oh, thank wow. you. I thought you might have needed some energy for the day. Uh, thank you so much. You're the first guest that ever of them. Yes. Oh, and, yep, that's awesome. Right? I don't need a Red Bull. I've got a Pokemon, got a energy, Pokemon card energy card right now. Right oh, now. thank you. That is amazing. That's awesome. I, the reason I found out uh, about about the Pokemon IO, Go, Pokemon Go, is that my my daughter came to my house looking for the cards, and I'm actually some of the cards I just gave you. Uh-huh. So my daughter, you know, my oldest daughter is 22 in the music business, but she came to the house and she goes, "Where's all my Pokemon cards?" I'm like, I brought them, I brought them to Keltec. <laughs> I don't think you'd want them anymore because they were sitting in my garage, you know, Snorlax and company. Like, yes, that's my favorite. Oh, Me too. You like oh my god. Thank yeah. Body well, yeah. slam was his big move, right? I, I never like actually play the moves. I just collected them because they're god. shiny. Yeah. <laughs> So I used to I used to go to the Glendale Galleria, which is now the Americana. Americana but yeah. I used to stand in line with my daughter. At that time, she was like fifth grade, and so we would stand in line for literally an hour with all these people waiting for the door to open at the Game Changers there in the Glendale Galleria Mall. And before cell phones, I think. God, that's that's yeah. That's why flip phones. The beginning of flip phones. That's so like cool. Snakes, the Nokia's 10? with their little snake game on there. This is so cool that you brought these because these are now worth more than the British pound. Hashtag Brexit. But the, the, I was going to say, so one funny story about these Pokemon cards is, uh, you know, so we would stand in line in Glendale Galleria just for hours. You know, when we finally get the cards, and you can only get like five packs at a time because mm-hmm. they were like a limit. And so then she'd collect them all. We'd put them in the book. And then she took them to school one day. And, of course, the boys are like, because not a lot of girls collected the Pokemon cards. I don't know. Maybe you had a different experience. That's marriage material. That's what that is. Breaking barriers. I went to all-boys school in Hong Kong, so I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. (laughs) But you guys, so anyway, she brought her. Jimmy was the girl, the only girl. (laughs) (laughs) And a very stunning girl at that end. and so she brought the cards to school, and she had some really, she had some really good ones in there. And so the boys were like, "Hey, you know, what do you, you trade me a couple of those mm. for? Uh, you know, what's your name? Uh, what's, <laughs> I wrote down the goofy names of them all. Charles oh, Squirtle, like Squirtle. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I like how you did your research and you just came with a notepad <laughs> with Pokemon names. Why do you remember all of them anyway? So she goes to school. And she trades off some of the, the top cards that she has, you know, the shiny ones. And then she came home and I'm like, well, what happened to these cards? She's like, well, the boys traded me. What did they trade you for? They traded this one. Are you kidding me? So we went right to the store to the Beckett's, you know, how much things are worth, the, the, the Beckett's trading cards. Mm. So yeah. I went, we went and I bought it for her. Like, okay, Cheramon is this much and all these different. Oh, there's a guide? Volpix and all these. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a guide. It's like, these are the good ones. So go back and get those from the boys. And she actually went back and like wow. got, was able somehow to like re Learning barter and trade at a very young age. Pokemon teaches a lot of skills. Absolutely. 
That's my that's my Pokemon story. Whoever ends up with the biggest deck by the end of the school year usually means they're going to succeed in business. <laughs> yeah, like the most, most likely, likely to succeed. To become, yeah, succeed. Whoever most has likely... the most holographic Charizards. <laughs> yeah. So, so the weirdest thing for Pokemon for me is that, like, what sticks out in my mind from my childhood is that I was exactly on the wave of being too old for it. Mm. So it came out like... No, you're never too old for it, okay, Kevin. I, I know that now. But I mean, <laughs> when it started, it was like, it was really for a certain age group. And so for me, it's like a defining, a dividing line between mm. Dungeons like, and Gen Dragons X and whatever oh. came after Gen yeah. X. The in-between Internet millennials. You're too yeah. busy being a genius. You don't have time for any of that anyway. Uh, I think a lot of geniuses play this. Okay. Spare time. Everybody has to sleep. Everybody has to play. Um, everybody has to eat. You just don't necessarily have to do all of those at the same time. Well, I like Pick this one. new game, though. It's, <laughs> have you played it? Oh, I've been playing it. I made all the papers, Griff. <laughs> We're playing this. No, yeah. I didn't know you played Guam. Yeah, I use my buddy pseudonym, Guam Felix. So, Jimmy, Jimmy, tell us, you were on the cover of this newspaper? This newspaper being the Section C, page C4. C4, the LA Times. Jimmy's on there. Writing Pokemon Goes Cocktails with Jimmy's face. Guam and Felix, under Jim, under where it should be <laughs> no, Jimmy's I'm, name, I'm, it says Guam Felix. I'm holding up this paper like I, I just got hostaged or something. Like I'm a hostage, like in the Middle <laughs> East. Like it's just proof that right. I'm alive. Gonna, that sucks for the guy in the middle who got his face blocked up by his we phone. Should, <laughs> we should send that to Mike Judge. That would I, be great. I love this your... because I probably was walking past you at that time because I walked my dogs around this lake. Did you see no, a so ton like, of people? Everybody. Well, it's it's a little, a little scary. It's a little like yeah. They've really immersed, not just in this alternate universe, but in a deeper alternate universe where you can kind of find fugitives in, mm -hmm. in Claremont. You know, I mean, that's mm -hmm. what it... So some of the stories I've been reading about the Go is that they're, they're tracking... They're these two kids track down this this uh, in, this uh, vandal down in Orange County by doing the, the Pokemon Go. Yeah. They were able wow. to, like... Got to catch them all. And so they caught these two guys. <laughs> <apparently. laughs> got to catch all them, man. <laughs> Yeah, there's people yeah. that found dead bodies and stuff. It's great, though. I mean, in general, like, you, there's a sense of community. As I walk down Echo Park, like, you can see me and my buddies on my phone, like, catching Pokemon. And then the guy whispered, hey, oh, there, there, there's, like, a, there's Charmander over there. Go catch him. You know, so, like, strangers. You start talking to, like, strangers. I mean, all of them are, like, nerds that I don't want to have sex with. But, you know, it, it's still a great community, you know. And uh, it gets people out of the house, or else I would have never been in Echo Park Lake. Yeah, I got right. a tan yesterday. I got a. So why did you? I'm actually worried about you, the sun. Why did you come here? Why did you come to my neighborhood? Oh, cause uh, it's one of the hot spots. Yeah, they say oh, you know there's what? hot spot. There's Poke yeah. hot spots. Because people that. leave lures by like the Poke stops, so there's a lot of Pokemon's there. Hmm. So the more people in that area, the more Pokemon's you're gonna catch. So uh, Echo Park, and then we went to Little Tokyo yesterday. Little Tokyo, I can see, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, of I course. mean, you know, Japanese people. <laughs> you well, guys know this is gonna be used as like some sort of conspiracy, uh, conspiracy theories. Yeah. We're just I mean, gonna round up all the people and get right. them in one area. Well, I think it's a big anime. I mean, not just because it's Japanese, but I think it's a big anime. Have, have you guys seen Cell, the Stephen King movie with uh, no, Matthew Broderick? It's a movie where everybody's cell phone suddenly starts selling this, like this, or sending the signal into their brains, and they all become these weird zombie things that just like it's happened already. Their, this is exactly what so Pokemon done. Go. You'd be able to just like say, "Oh, this, you know, these army bases are the hotspots." They're just suddenly like millions of waves of of uh, yeah. like just hypnotized human beings who are the, be swarming them. 
The Hollywood Improv is a Pokemon gym. You can go battle what? people at the Hollywood Improv. Oh, oh, and now, so this is going to ruin comedy then. Well, this is going to ruin comedy or it can like make business booming. What I think what, what they're trying to do, which is genius, is to start have businesses pay to be a hotspot or to have businesses yeah, pay to yeah, be a yeah, gym. Yeah, yeah, and then people swarm to the improv. Like Dude, people are not, not even co- uh, comedy fans. The power that Pokemon Go has with businesses and generally speaking the economy is one, frightening and two, exciting to think of like what's going to happen with this. Nintendo like, stock went up like a fold already. And wow. um, they, I think by now 10 to 20% of all Android devices have this game. And everybody is playing it. They have more active users than <laughs> Tinder. They're more active users, I think, almost than Snapchat now. It has to be the most downloaded like app of all time now at this point. Like in a week's worth of you know oh, time. And, right now, yeah, it's number it one. It's insane. Yeah, they're making so much. They made 4.2 million, I think, the first day. So from a technical point of view, when I worked at a company, we were always trying to figure out how to do augmented reality. Like we, everyone knows it's a big thing. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. uh, business opportunities. But it had like a network effect problem. And these guys just smashed through that. Because the, the problem with it is unless you get people to be doing augmented reality anyway, it, there's not really a way to get them to start. Oh, but you once mean there's now like a tipping that it starts, point. Like, yeah, yeah, but now that it's there and people all know, you know, millions of people all know how to use it all of a sudden, you're going to start seeing things like Yelp reviews. You know, you hold up in front of a... Uh, restaurant, oh, yeah, they and, have you, that, and you I see think. like restaurants that are. You're gonna see it like crazy. I mean, because because all the these ideas are to, old. Yeah. They just they're, haven't ever been able to get people to actually do it. We've had the technology and the the data to do it for a long time, and so you're gonna see them people paying for putting the ads there, putting all sorts of other augmented stuff. So like you're gonna walk around and you're on Melrose looking for somewhere to eat, and then you just hold your phone up to these restaurants and then Yelp stuff pops up right there on yeah, your screen. Yeah, that, that, that's been happening for like five years, but like Kev says, nobody uses it. This Pokemon thing, really. Now the augmented reality is not even a selling point. It's just, I, I feel like it's you walking down the street and get you at the house and like catching these Pokemons in different areas. Cause when you actually catch the Pokemon with, with the camera showing the Pokemon, the augmented, that part you can turn off. Like it's really secondary. It's just really the Pokemon brand that just we were. Being able to sit next to each other in complete isolation. Yeah. Really, pretty. Exciting. No, it, I, I say it's better than like people on like Snapchat in isolation. This is yeah. more like a group activity. You can you can go catch Pokemons <laughs> with a group and it's fun. They're getting in trouble though because they have Pokemon hotspots everywhere and they keep coming up with people going to the Holocaust Museum catching oh, yeah, Pokemon. I saw that one. And I'm like, oh, I'm like first, so off, first off, shame on the people there. What are you doing catching Pokemon in a Holocaust Museum? Shouldn't you walk in there and feel like chills and want to pay attention to the history? No, you're like, oh, I'm tired of that. I gotta, ch- gotta catch Pokemon. Uh-huh. I saw one of the quotes somebody goes, I I don't know why people are getting mad. It's not like we came here just to find Pokemon. <laughs> we came here to learn yeah. about the Holocaust. Yeah, it just and happened. To, it got a little yeah. boring. Just and we Charizard just happened next to, to the memorial. <laughs> what? So, uh, Brian, you... <laughs> he doesn't know how to process this. <laughs> Brian, uh, so the episode I was referring to earlier, Measure Man, that episode is so great because... Uh, first of all, you have an amazing scene with Patrick Stewart. Like, Pat Stu. Yeah. That, that's what we call he's him. He's a fan yeah. of you. He, oh. Who is a fan of Jimmy, by the way. He said <laughs> he, he likes the show. I don't know if he's at, he actually yeah. knows me. So I thought you'd like this part. Yeah. Um, you have this great scene where you're discussing the sentience of uh, androids. Mm. And one of the things we talk about on this uh, show a lot is th- things like uh, not necessarily artificial intelligence, because I feel like things like Pokemon Go are taking us in another weird direction where... 
There's no actual intelligence behind it. It's definitely artificial, but we're being constantly like redirected by these social algorithms mm. where the algorithms are like picking out groups of people and putting them together like in this game. And what's weird about it is that it's uh, I kind of wish our problems was dealing with the and whether Android is a person or not rather than because there's no one to get mad at here. Like you can't get mad at an mm. algorithm because it's just doing what people want. They feed it, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like this weird blob that's just sucking uh, society into it. <laughs> All right, that's the end of my rant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about your, your episode uh, the, in, in Star Trek. I didn't have the uh, episode. You know, what did you, what did you think of it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like how Chris like, yeah, I watched it, but yeah, I just yeah, want to see yeah, how it's done. You think? Want to see what you guys thought? Of, what's your review? On, what is your review on the episode? Griff, have you ever written a book report, or do you just no? Do you just, I just uh, paid my teachers off. So in sexual favors, in sexual favors, and sandwiches, okay. and Pokemon cards, <laughs> sandwiches. sandwiches, Pokemon cards. So what did you think of it? Sentience. <laughs> Yeah, we're just devolving in, in, in sentience. Yeah, I think we're, yeah, we're just at a point right now where, where we are, we are sitting. I mean, we're we're chasing these these things around, which is very exciting. And you're, I love that you're in my hood here. Yeah, uh, tracking them and, and but I think that the sentience issue of like, are we aware of ourselves? Are we uh, actually evolving in some way? Are we just becoming more and more isolated between each other? I, I'm I'm not sure. I, I spent a lot of time going to different countries like uh, India and we've been to Singapore and and, and Vietnam and you you. you you realize as an American going to these different places that we have, you know, as an American and being in these, these different places that we've really been responsible for a lot of yeah. uh, activity <laughs> in the world <laughs> and influence stuff. that we have over, uh, over so, many, uh, so many people. Oh, like this podcast. I mean, it wields an amazing amount of power yeah. in the you world. Really we, we have a lot Especially of power. But just, I guess in terms <laughs> like the yeah, Bangladesh, well, yeah, and, and Dhaka right now, you know, there's uh, some people who were blown up in the cafe there, or a lot of Americans and, and uh, some students who were there. But the, but the idea of sentience and what we do with that sentience is a really... An important, an important uh, aspect. You know, when I was when I was in Vietnam, I remember going to the to the museum, and then it's all about, and this is you know forty years after the Vietnam War, but it's all about, and it was a lot of anti-American sentiment, which is understandable. Mm. But it was not called the uh, the Vietnam War; it was called the American War. Mm, and so, as, as sentient beings, we can't the, call it that because it'd be really confusing. You no, know, it would be. Yeah. <laughs> which, which one? Like, yeah, which one? Which American like, word did we? There's have? literally like three right now. You yeah. have to be. <laughs> and and I remember when I was, I was the Fulbright in India, and so one of the things I remember talking about sentience there is how, when this was actually in 2006, seven, and it was one of one of the invasions. I forgot. This is a, but but they were talking about. America was promoting democracy in the world. And when, when we say in, in different parts of the world, spreading democracy by America is terrifying because that means that your country is next to topple. You know, so it really wasn't what we were thinking about freedom being, you know, right. the democracy is spreading across the world. We've seen it was being taken over. So, so what, what are we using our sentience for? 
And I think that's kind of a, a big issue for me, especially in this episode, The Measure of a, of a Man. I mean, one of the things that Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg plays is character in there who realizes that to keep making these datas, these, uh, these automatons, these androids that have sentience, you know, is that basically creating a whole new race of slaves. Mm-hmm. And so the, all these slaves are going to do our bidding. And that was one of the arguments that Picard had used uh, against my character. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that what you want? You want to just create more, more uh, automatons that right. are going to be dictated to by your sentience or what you want them to carry out. And that was the whole thing of, well, no, I have free will. I have a choice in the matter. You know, data's like, data. Data's like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I have feelings. Like, no, you're a box on wheels, dude, because that's one of my lines. It's like, you're a box on wheels. You know, uh-huh. you, you do not have any sentience. You are programmed to, to do these things and feel these certain things. But I think in a larger sense, what is our responsibility? I mean, I'm, it's been amazing being here at Caltech. This is my ninth year at Caltech. And so this, this intersection between art and science, for me, kind of disrupts a lot of, a lot of modalities. You know, one is that it disrupts the modalities of you know, deep theoretical or abstract thinking that you see a lot of the physicists doing here. And so not necessarily the chemists, but, but, you, see, <laughs> but, you, see, but you see a lot of people working this abstract, you know, a, lot, a lot of the uh, high math, math uh, uh, abstract mathematicians that are here too. I mean, it's, it's an intense world that we create in our mind and outside of us, but the, the physical reality, the intimate interpersonal reality is one that... Uh, that I like to disrupt. I like to disrupt that one where we feel like we're isolated. And I think that's what theater does. I think that's kind of my role here at Caltech. To yank people out of the... The science world or the brain world, and get well, them to or at actually least meeting them somewhere. Of yeah. like, mm-hmm. of like, can I, I teach an improv class, and so in the improv class, you know, people are like, well, how do you want me to do this? Well, it's improvisation, so <laughs> yeah. I can give you tools yeah. to like help figure that yeah. out. You know, if I say red, you say green. Yeah, thank you. God, you guys are. Oh, cool. that's how improv works. <laughs> <laughs> you say, I say red, you say yes and. Yeah. <laughs> or if I say like Guam Felix. Uh, Panama G-A. Garfield. Panama Garfield, right? So <laughs> part, part, of, part wow. of my role, Brian, in sort of this, this sentience is to sort of disrupt these modalities of being in your own world, your own theoretical abstract framework. And disrupting it to like have to think out. I hate that term outside the box, but essentially you, are, you do have to. And I think that's where the creativity and the breakthroughs. That you can say uh, absolutely. What we say here is think outside the tesseract. The te- <laughs> that's <laughs> cute. Thank the you. The tesseract. Good. I like it. I keep that one. You're um, almost like trying to say, trying to get these people not to think formulaically and well, objectively. Exactly. Exactly. And so what you happens is that, that I'll watch them. So we'll, we'll play games and, you know, you jump in, here's the situation, jump in. And so you can see people just stop and you can see beat, beat, mm. beat. Now I'm going to say something because I've, I've thought about the proper thing to say versus saying exactly what you need to say in response to what someone else has said. Like in an instinct instead instinct, of a absolutely. thinking Blocking the filter. Without thinking things. Like going yeah. back and starting to play right or to think it through. Thinking, no, no. Just go right to the next, the, the next uh, uh, yeah. scrotum recall or whatever, whatever it is that you that you, you come to. Yeah, I think one of the hardest things, like about being an actor, you know, is to learn to just trust your instinct and just yeah. like, like they always say, live in the moment. Yeah. Right now, do you find like the Caltech kids because they've been studying so much and they're so thinky? 
that it's harder to get them to do that. <laughs> well, I find it. Well, what, what happens? <laughs> what I find. I mean, this, is, this is kind of a general statement. I'm not saying yeah. that for everyone, but what I'll find is that when people sort of get beyond that sort of very intellectual, rational, you know thinking is that you get at these emotions that are underneath. And a lot of times the emotions are like, oh shit, I'm feeling like a lot of different emotions. I don't. You know, and, and so these emotions come up. And so I've had times where people have to deal with like certain griefs that come up, you know, or certain like mm. absolute insane giddiness that happens, which is fun too, mm. or a lot of anger issues. Because, you know, let's, let's face it. I mean, to get into Caltech, it's like you have to put aside a lot of other very more you know, human. enjoyable human yeah. endeavors in order to get into this university. And so when you get here, you're, you've been trained. I mean, I see it when I go to India. So there you had five, uh, the number was 100,000 100, kids that tried to, uh, it was 500, so half a million, sorry, 500,000 kids take this test. And then out of that, the first cut is like 10,000. You know what I mean? I mean, or the last cut, the last cut. So it's half a million kids sign up for this thing, and it gets winnowed down to ten thousand kids. Okay. So ten thousand kids get into sixteen different universities: the IIT, the Indian Institute of Technology. So that's like a that's like a two point acceptance rate. You wow! Know? So you have this intensity of these kids. There's some poor kids, some wealthier kids, or whatnot that work their entire lives, especially in high school, last two years of high school, to get in. So when it's off time when they get into the IIT, and you know. Maybe you see that in China as well. I'm not quite sure about that, but I know in India that you get into those schools, you're 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 toast. You you like what what have I just done the last two years? I've spent my entire every waking hour trying to get into the top 16 schools yeah. in India. And so same here, maybe not to the extent of the intense competition. I mean, it's intense competition here, no doubt. But but when you get to that point and you get in. <laughs> And then you realize so many of the people around you are just as brilliant as you are in, in many ways. I think it doesn't. Mad- that, 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 that part didn't happen to me. No. I just, no. no it's like, wow. I know I'm nothing. I'm still smarter than everyone. I'm still smarter than everyone. But I think I'm what happens at that. But you're not. No, no. <laughs> no, I'm no, I really sorry. am. I just didn't feel that way. So. <laughs> but, I think, but I think it's a, going back to this idea wow. of sentience, it's a recognition. It's a sort of recognition that. I can actually be more than just an amazing geometer, mathematician, abstract theoretical physicist, chemist, geologist, astrobiologist, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I think that the sentience aspect of being aware of being brilliant in a sense, you know, aware of, of how far I've taken my, my own cognitive faculties, just to another point, you have to sort of rehumanize in a sense. I, I think. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree. And, and what you're saying about the after... They study a whole life and then get into college. It's like, I worked towards this goal. Yeah. Now I finally got it. <clears throat> and sometimes that's the scariest moment when mm. you finally get the goal and you're like, oh, shit, now yeah. what? Now what? Yeah. Right. You know, it's like right. a, a lot right. of actors, too. Like, you know, you get on a TV show, like you've been working your whole life, and then you're yeah. like, what? Uh, uh, now what? Like, there's, yeah, yeah. you feel like a certain kind of emptiness th- when you get to that level. And then you have to really ask yourselves the questions like, I think what do I really want to do? One of the most depressing things about comedy that I've seen is just all, like, it's exciting to see friends get on TV shows and get booked and everything. But it's also kind of depressing where a lot of people are just, it doesn't actually it doesn't fulfill doesn't make me even any uh, happier. That's yeah. right. And that, that kind of happened to me with comedy, uh, with, uh, sorry, with science too. And 
you know, that's why I decided to throw it all away. Of, do you think that's part of the human condition more of like, you know, whatever, whatever you get, you always want a little bit more, do you think, or never satisfied? or that, That's a big issue, uh, I Yeah, think. I think a lot of it is the hedonic treadmill, which we've talked hedonic about Hedonic treadmill. What's that? Yeah, hedonic treadmill is just a general Hedonism, problem just in the study. Well, in the study of happiness, your brain and, is inability usually... Inability to be, be happy. Yeah. You can never be happy because you always, once you yeah. achieve a goal, you want the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Entertainers are a perfect example. Yeah, yeah it's usually used to... Uh, to describe wealth, I mean, it's mm. usually used in the context mm-hmm. of wealth or good things. You know, uh, there's always the cliche like, "Oh, bu- money doesn't bring happiness" and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It turns out that's uh, there's a lot of research that says that's not true. But what really causes happiness is a constant increase in those things. Like, yeah. you know, well, that's true. I mean, so, and but, I, but I think that's but definitely, definitely, yeah. But yeah. definitely, if you get a bigger car, I mean, that can make you happy only for a short period of time, and then. Mm. You still want an even better car, right? So it's like it's... buying a new TV. Like mm. once you buy the sixty-inch TV, the first week you're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Right. We, we and made, then you get so, get this big one and, and then the you get so like... used to it, you can't go back to the thirty-two-inch. So that ruined your life. Yeah. Right. And now yeah. the sixty-inch just looks normal to you. Right. You know? And a lot of people are using this house projector. And yeah. <laughs> when they get forty-seat theater in your basement. Exactly. But well, then so you just get used to it very quickly. That's it's why a... divorce can be so brutal because if you live a certain lifestyle, and then if you have to go down. About divorce. <laughs> my, parents are, my parents are married. Divorced. My parents are divorced, and I grew oh, up. Okay, the, okay, it's okay, it's a really high divorce rate in this country. That's how I know. Okay. It's a very high divorce rate. But you see, people get divorced, and then some. Sometimes they have to step down in lifestyle, yeah. and yeah. that's brutal. Yeah. I, I, how do you be happy after that? I'm not sure that was a good example. I was thinking that you you have one. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Probably could give a better example. Just like nah, nah, no, like, you suck. I actually celebrated my my anniversary. Yesterday, my 14th. What nice. it really oh, is, thank you. What it really You're not going to congratulate me after this. So, what you really <laughs> need, a better analogy is. After 14 years, one wife isn't enough, and you need to step it up to two wives, maybe three wives. Mm, yeah. Um, well, I think also, you know, if you lose everything, you know, if wives. you're divorced and you lose everything, I think it also makes you reassess your own happiness. You know, right. And I think it makes you more responsible for creating your own happiness because it's like, oh, shit, I just screwed up everything. Yeah. And yeah. For whatever reason. And now I've got to either rebuild. So what makes me happy? So maybe there is something in about losing everything. That's good. Well, yeah. it happens all the time. People lose everything. Everything and it's a new start, and yeah. they realize like, oh my God, that was actually keeping me from yeah. being happy. What was the what was it? Was Michael Milken who had the who the toupee, and then they went to jail. He, had to, he took off everything because he couldn't have a toupee in, <laughs> in prison. So he was like stripped down to everything. One of the wealthiest uh, guys in Southern California, and I remember him going to jail. And he yeah. just was a hairless yeah. cat. He had, after he had that. to take <laughs> off his, his hairpiece, you know, <laughs> and that was and go to jail. That's funny. That's <laughs> like, a, my uh, my favorite book. I still read it. Uh, it's The Power of Now by Eckhart yeah, Tolle. Eckhart Tolle sure. So it's great. Like it, it talks about like because I had a mini freak out when I got on Silicon Valley. I was like, oh, I made it. I'm, like I'm I was what? Silicon Valley. Okay. So then I was like really happy, right? And uh-huh. I was stoked. And then, and then you realize you walk up to somebody and you can say, hey, I'm on Silicon Valley. And, and like, then they're like, who? Huh? Guam Felix? <laughs> what? <laughs> So then that was, it's like the happiest, you know, day of my life, obviously. And it went on. But then it got to a point where, like, I felt this emptiness. Like, I reached this goal. Like, I'm now yeah. I don't have to you worry about do the next level. paying rent. And then happiest now day what, my life you know? is my or, or, is it, or is it, do you have to go to the next so, Or are you just, like, happy just showing up for work and, well, and I, getting paid, too? I am. I mean. But, like, and then, but you, you kind of lose a little bit of that drive that you've been, like, your that's life good, changed, that's, that's, you know, because right. you were always striving for this thing. Yeah. Now you have it. Now you have now it. Now what? You yeah, know? Yeah, so I literally had a freak thing. out 
And like I literally had a freak out, and and I got like like super like anxious and stuff. And that's when I like started seeing a therapist and like reading well, that's, books what, like what's that. The therapy is great for you know. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And it wasn't TJ Miller though. Through. It was your therapist, right? TJ Miller, my therapist. Yeah, he would not be good at that. So it's 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 interesting that it 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 took this very happy moment, a successful woman in my life, to kind of get me reassessing. Like, okay, it's not just the exterior goals, you know. No matter what, like Brad Pitt still needs to get a movie made, and he might still be sad when he doesn't. But it's it's like you, you got to find you know from the books I read and the therapist so you got to find some like inner satisfaction. Yeah, absolutely right. Like you That's sitting true. at a park bench on Echo Park is should be just as satisfying, just as happy as booking a TV show. Yeah, you know? but but would you not have? Would you be happy with you didn't have that in your hand if you didn't have yeah. the little <laughs> the well, Pokemon Go? Yeah, yeah exactly. The, the, alpha, the, the best example of the hedonic treadmill is once you catch. You know, a Pikachu, then you got to catch a Charizard, and then you got to catch a, a rare Pokemon. You know, it never <laughs> ends. Speaking of that, you know, I was at I was at my house the other day, and um, I was sitting on the couch. It was late in the afternoon, and I had my phone on uh, right in front of me, and I kept like, okay, I'm just not going to touch my yeah, phone. Yeah. I'm going to sit here, and I just literally spent like two hours as the sun was going down in Echo Park, and so I was just like feeling this seasonal time frame as opposed to our chronological time. Mm-hmm. The seasonal time, which just everything started to get darker. Uh, and I didn't turn on any of the lights. And so I was just, literally for two hours, like, watch the sun. And I didn't touch my phone. And I actually just looked around to see where I was. The house that I, you know, raised two kids and had been there for like, you know, 20, 20 years in this house. And you're like, wow, I'm really just appreciating what you have. Mm-hmm. What you've done and not being dissatisfied in some way, just like just be. I mean, it's it's it, it goes back to the you know just being present, being happy, and that's really freaking hard. I yeah. mean, it's really hard just to For be satisfied, us, especially Americans. Like yeah, we have so much distraction Americans. and so much stuff that we think will satisfy us, yeah, but really sitting right. on on your chair, just listening to the noise of you know the the wind or traffic or whatever, <sighs> could be amazingly satisfying. Yeah. Like I'm, more I've been, than checking I've been your painting. Uh, yeah, I've been painting my fence. I've been painting my fence. I fixed the two posts. Well, actually, I hired a guy who was an old family friend of ours came in and put in two posts. My fence didn't fall down, but I painted literally for like three days. I'm really sore. Uh-huh. But it was hearing the rhythms of the day and the birds and just really taking account of the sounds, the yep. wind through the fence, you know, the the birds, the traffic from the 101 freeway, Hollywood freeway that's, you know, four or five blocks away, but you can hear that. And it's just, that is, it's, it's really powerful. It sounds really ridiculous and be like, yeah, yeah, right, whatever. But it is, it is, it's a powerful thing to do because that 60 inch, you know, monitor that we really love is is never really going to fully satisfy us yeah, no it's just great. a distraction and i mean the distraction we it's like it's like meditation right like yeah. we forget about all these sounds around and like if you go if you go outside like the trees will look brighter if you start listening to this and put your cell phone away speaking mm-hmm. of getting back to nature uh owen's not going to be able to make it but he's actually leaving la oh to yeah. uh to go to upstate New York. He wants oh. to be with nature. He wants well, we'll to be with nature. We'll talk about nature. Episode, you, well, you, yeah. you, you, you have kids. Oh, he's you gone. Kids. He's leaving today. Oh, he's After. leaving today? Yeah. Like he just left. Yeah. He just was like, sorry, no time. Tired of Hollywood, man. Yeah. Well, good yeah. for him. Like, good for him. That's yeah, right. Somebody needs to That's do it. That's exactly what we're talking about. I left about, Hollywood man. and came to Caltech. Good for That's him. What, I what, about, what about my feelings in my career? Yeah. I'm not going to get booked anymore. <laughs> Uh, I booked you on three shows, but his he said his wife wouldn't let him go, so yeah, I tried. True. Well, Brian, yeah. so do you have a science no, background also? 
Uh, actually, my uh, I have an undergraduate, uh, Bachelor of Science in Experimental Psychology, so uh, oh, from wow. Montana State Experimental University. Experimental so. Psychology. Yeah. Shock yeah. therapy? Did you write a thesis? <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> no, what, you know, well yeah. what happened, my last year of at MSU, uh, my, I was really in a norepinephrine. I was in a lot of neuroreceptors at that time. Neurotransmitters were like the big science, and everyone, this is like the late 70s, sorry, before you guys were born. Maybe not you. Uh, Kevin, no, you're I was old. Seventies, <laughs> but, yeah. but, um, but I remember going in and going into the cryogenic lab and of lifting the top of the uh, refrigerator. Please tell and me I saw brains. about about a dozen little mice with the electrodes, you know, with their scalps taken off and electrodes implanted in there. And that that's really... cool too. I was hoping you're going to say dozen human brains. But uh, the mice is pretty. No, nice that's too. a film oh. that I that I made called Paranoia. Yeah, which you can probably can check out. Uh, Adam Simon directed it, oh, awesome. um, but uh, uh, which there is a whole scene about brains. Actually, it's a great, it's a fun little uh, film. It's called Paranoia, or just just because you're anxious doesn't mean they're not looking for you, or something like that. But it's um, actually uh, Bill Paxton's in it as well. And Ooh, uh, oh, cool. It's actually, I don't know if it's if it's around much, but it's all about these brains, about taking these brains and and uh, anyway, um, I digress. <laughs> but. Um, well, I was going to say something. The mice. 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 So that kind Before of, Kevin interrupted yeah, you, Jesus interrupt. Christ. That, that I'm going to interrupt the stories for sure. That turned me uh, in many ways because I was like, okay, if I'm going to continue on as an experimental you know, <laughs> physiological psychologist, I have to be able to handle this. Yeah. And, uh, and so the other thing that really got me was the history of science and astronomy when I was uh, an undergrad. So that really sort of captivated me as a young man um, like going to college. But then I got into radio, and that's ended up being in radio in Montana and Santa Barbara, and um, and then got into that theater and got a movie business, moved mm. to New York, came back to L.A., and um, spent probably 86, I got my equity, I got my SAG card in 86, Ooh. 87, no, 87, 87. And so I pretty much for a good, um, pretty much from 80, because I did, I did that Star Trek in like in 89 or 90 or something. Yeah, 89. 89 yeah, was it? Yeah. It How's the residual on that? It's still okay. It's still, did you still get it's checks? Weird. I mean, it's weird. It's, it's on Netflix. I watched the episode. Awesome. The Armageddon Netflix. keeps um, paying off, that's, which yeah. is really fun. But uh, <laughs> so I spent a you know, good. Oh, the movie like, Armageddon? I did like 40, 40 feature films. That's oh, awesome. You were in Armageddon? Really? Yeah. yeah. Where, How do you scene? feel about Deep Impact? I'm in all of the scenes and NASA, that? but they kept cutting me out of a much larger part. But um, <laughs> Liv Tyler, I think, might be How, more interesting. How did you feel about uh, Deep Impact? How did? What was it like on the inside? Was, was there know, a real I rivalry? I didn't, deep, deep, I didn't see Deep Impact. Oh, okay. You guys but, just didn't but, um, yeah, that's the uh, Your questions are really falling short today, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> that's a good question game. Yeah. <laughs> How long do you guys typically do this? I mean, is it a... For one hour. Oh, well, no. Or until Owen yeah. shows Un- up. Until somebody loses interest. Until the chicken nuggets get cold. How did you get involved with Caltech? I just come back from a Fulbright in India, and I was working at UC Riverside, and I thought, all these doors are going to open up to me. It's going to be amazing. So I came back to the States, and and my... University where I was working said, "Well, we didn't know that you wanted your old job back." I'm like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> anyway, so uh, a friend of mine, family friend of ours, Bob O'Rourke, who ran the uh, public relations department, he said, "There's a, a job opening up at Caltech. The gal here had been there for 36 years, and they're looking to hire somebody new." And um, so, 2008, um, I, there was three of us. It was down to the final three, and uh, it was funny because they'd given us the script. Go, here's the first script that you're gonna. 
then you're going to direct. It was about America's first female rocket scientist in the Ooh. late 50s. You know, like, oh, well, this is great. So I read it. I'm like, it's not a great play. Anyway, so when the final interviews came about and all the the three people came in before me and they said, oh, I love the script. It's amazing. I love the da, da, da. So they asked me, well, what do you think of the script? I'm like, oh, you know, kind of needs some work. <laughs> <laughs> and they all looked at each other and like, oh, shit, was that the wrong answer? <laughs> and sure enough, it was like they thought the same thing. Nice. And it was like, and that, that was a big part, I think, of me being hired mm-hmm. because I, I told the truth, you know. Right. And I think a lot of people, so I think that's kind of my, my takeaway of anything is you got to kind of just tell the truth sometimes. Yeah. Because it, it, if you try to please everybody, then it doesn't always quite work out. You want to say things that they want to hear. And even though they You're might You're absolutely know, right, Brian. It's, <laughs> thank you, honey. God, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you think about this podcast? Uh, which is pretty lively. It's pretty lively. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good co- yeah. We're quoting you on the website. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty lively. Pretty lively. <laughs> pretty lively. Yeah, yeah, that's your pocket. It's pretty lively. Not trying to brag. No, I love radio. I, just, I grew up on radio. Uh, I was in college radio for more than four years. And... Um, and I kept coming back to it because I loved I loved radio. It's my favorite, my first, my first love. Well, uh, Brian, you're very tall, and Owen is very tall. So mm. this podcast would have turned out very different if he's here because he gets he gets a little uh, alpha male. Oh, he's gosh! Yeah. I wish he was here. It could have been really yeah. thrown out. Gonna, yeah. uh, yeah. out. Before I leave, I just want to leave you with some some patriotic jelly beans. Oh, awesome! Thank thank you so and not just oh, for America, you. but it's also Bastille Day. I just went to the Jelly Belly factory not too long yeah. ago. And. Uh, it Did you was survive? Really, really, yeah, I survived. It was really cool. The flavors they had. I didn't. I don't know how their chemical engineers do it, but I had all these. Like I had one. It was a craft brew beer. It literally. It, it didn't. Okay, it tasted like a warm Coors Light, but they no. got the beer taste though. Oh, how nice. did they, I mean, it literally tasted like a Coors Light. The Rocky Mountain Coors Light a beer. Sorry, that's one of the worst beers. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but that's pretty impressive. They were able to get that into a jelly bean. Yeah. All right. Well. All right. Uh, Thank thanks you guys. for being our guest sure. today, Brian. This has been amazing. Um, amazing? You said yeah. it really lightly. I don't know if I have to leave. No, no, no. It's pretty sincerity call. Pretty lively. Yeah, lively. I got to be honest. This is the first one we've done this early in the day. And I've only had one cup of coffee. And I usually really only pick up after six. I've had 10 chicken nuggets. Brian, you got anything you want to plug? Got to have something. Yeah. Well, we're um, working on a, working on a screenplay right now about a. The um, last one, boldly go by the way, was amazing. Thank you. We didn't yeah, get to talk about it. But it was terrific. Star Trek it was, musical, Star Trek crazy musical. idea, Ooh. but it came yeah. out wow. awesome. It was really so. Was. It was like a parody. If thing. I just done awesome. that this year, that would have just made my life so much easier. Then I could have that to plug again. And uh, go. <laughs> is there someone online? We can check that out, or you got no, a website? No, it was live play. So. Oh, okay. We're going to do a screening of it probably in the fall. We're recutting the video because. It was it was really good, and there's a lot of other interest in different theater companies around the United States to, to do it again, which is which is great. But uh, working on a, a screenplay on the life of Chandrasekhar Subramanian, who is a mm-hmm. South Indian astrophysicist, and um, it, we've been developing here at Caltech, and it's like a thing that is it going to have songs in it. Yeah, there, there has <laughs> okay, to be. Also, there has to yeah, be, we've yeah. got some uh, be South Indian, South Indian uh, for some film reason. producers that are interested <laughs> in the project, and so you have to have. You have to have some dances Sing in there. Sing about uh, neutron star collapse. No. <laughs> well, it's white dwarfs we have in there, so it'll be a white dwarf okay. dance. <laughs> I can't wait to see the, the white dwarf musical yeah. number. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have so, a Twitter or anything, or you're an actual real human being? You know? um, <laughs> I, I, I do have a Twitter, but I, um, I don't use it too don't, much. Don't I, I probably should, but I don't. You're a Snapchat really... guy. No, my daughters are Snapchats. I'm I'm kind of uh, dorky old school, a little Facebook. Uh, uh, I'm totally cool, kidding. Cool. But, yeah. uh, you know, I you can plug a daughter Snapchat. We get a ton of followers. <laughs> Maeve Brophy Buna Murray. Um, yeah, Maeve Brophy. Cool. All right. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's, she's totally hip. She's in the the music industry and she's putting finding new bands all the time, putting them That's on awesome. the Kardashian, you know. Very Christmas cool. collections and all that. Well, she's so looking for uh, any female Asian comedians. Jimmy's got you covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you need a female opener. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, thank you so much, Thank you, for thank you. Thank thank you so much for having you. Yeah. Uh, all right, this has been a great show. Jimmy, do you have anything to plug this week? First of all, I'm sorry, I'm going to throw this in because I'm so excited. You are going to be on American Dad, right? Oh, yeah. I just did a voiceover. That? Uh, so you're cool. crushing everything. They just, they just needed some Asian person, so, so, so they called <laughs> right. me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm here. Which, knowing person. that show, it's like, we need someone with a really thick Asian accent, but no, to not no... be offensive, it has to actually be an Asian. <laughs> no, there's no accent, but I guess with animation now, even if it's no accent or whatever, but if it's an Asian character, they want an Asian guy. You well, know, you have a little bit of an accent, normally. right? Yeah, I mean, not like on Silicon Valley, right, 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 like like yeah. something, <laughs> but not like a Jing Yang accent by any means. So it was really fun. I know it was quick, and uh, yeah, their That's office awesome. right down the street from me. Would you ever Very do cool. a Chinese comedy, or have you ever been hired to try to do any work in film or anything? And... Ooh, I would. I wouldn't mind. There's a ton of money there. You know, how would that, that, that would pacing and intonation affect the comedy? Oh, you mean like stand up? Well, stand up or even the timing of just reading a script. Because, you know, you read a script and you're acting. I can't it. read in Chinese, so some I just got to play by ear. Somebody's got to tell you. feed me the lines as I go or when's something. Your, uh, when's your movie coming out? Patriot's Day. Coming out, uh, limited release, I think, uh, December 21st, right around Christmas. December? Yeah. Wow. And then the so wide release. With big projects. Oh, because they have the CG um, Mark Wahlberg. No, they don't, have, they don't have to CG anything. Okay. All right. And then the wide release is in January. So I think we, we want to sneak in for Oscar season right in December. So that'll be fun. And uh, hey, Silicon Valley just uh, got nominated for 11 Emmys. Yes. Year goes awesome. Sweet. And, and, oh, my uh, God. Thomas Middleditch got nominated for Best Leading Actor. And you, awesome. I wanna... Wow. You're also being like cited for personally saving the housing crisis in the Bay Area. Like I've seen people tweeting that like. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, us. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you, your character. You, just you. Your character on Silicon Valley. Uh, oh, because the, of the whole squatting, the squatting law. laws. Yeah, I like wanna, that's now a thing. You just saved like an entire year's worth of economy. Good. I want to talk about, sorry, go ahead. What, you have something to plug? Something, well, yeah. Um, well, uh, okay, a bit, well, let me plug oh, something. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> That's, that's the only you, reason Jimmy. why I'm on the show. I need five more followers. <laughs> five more. Uh, if you're you can lucky. follow me a funny Asian dude. And uh, go on my website, jimmycomedy.com. I got a bunch of shows coming up in San Francisco. I thought it was uh, Can day. you not fucking interrupt me? In the middle of my goddamn plug. Bunch of fucking amateurs here. What the fuck's wrong with these guys? <laughs> Yeah, jimmycomedy.com, Sacramento, uh, San Francisco, Chicago, Australia coming up. So Ooh, check that out. Oh, I saw that. You yeah, the Sydney Comedy amazing. Store? Uh, I don't know. There's like a bunch of shows I'm doing in uh, Sydney and Melbourne. I'm going to be there for like 10 days. Nice. Well, so say what the fuck you got to say since it's that goddamn Before I plug, player. this is something you know about, but it, it kind of concerns me. We're talking about AI, you know, obviously driverless yeah. uh, cars are going to be a thing in five years. But Thomas Thomas Middleditch just performed a short that was written by AI. That yeah, we talked me. about that on a previous episode. Yeah? yeah. Okay. So. 
great. Was Jimmy here for that? I wasn't here. Uh, no, we can talk about it in private. Or on that air. scares the shit out of me. We're being replaced by robots as writers. You have writers. something to plug? Do you have something to plug? Chris? <laughs> if if you hear this, which you won't by then, I'm, I'm headlining in uh, in Clovis, California, tonight and tomorrow. And if you're in San Diego on Thursday? Monday, if you're hold on, see how that feels. Hold That's on, so great. hold yeah, on, thank you, Kevin. hold on, and then if you are um, in San Diego on Monday the 18th, I'll be headlining the Madhouse Comedy Club. Shut up, really? Yeah. Can I can I be on that show? That's how I get booked. Oh, well, by the way, I have guests. Hey, up can I? I'm, not, I'm in charge of the. I'm not in charge of that, but. Owen let me open for him, so... You know. Yeah, he has that call on yeah. that. Yeah, and now my career's over. This is very awkward right now. <laughs> this is super hey, awkward. can I be on your show? No. 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 I, I, I tried to get you three shows, and you turned them Let's down. Go. I had to turn the show in, in That's uh, 60 Fresno. total minutes of, of stage I, time I that your wife wouldn't let you do. Yep. Right after... The anniversary. Uh, guys, this is another thing that's... I gotta plug this. I gotta plug this show. You guys have to tweet about us, tweet at us, ask us questions. This is something on, on Owen's Why Didn't They Laugh podcast he's really good about. We have to uh, we have to keep pushing that because just ask us any question that you want. We'll talk about it on future shows. Um, we have some great fans out there, but we need even more. Bob, because Bob, that's Bob how this whole thing works. Bob, Let's Bob, give a shout out to Bob. Bob. Bob Big yeah. Bob and uh, Jennifer, Jennifer yeah. Ashley. You guys are killing it. Thank you for sharing. You and know. Uh, yeah, all of you guys, anyone, tweet at us. Let us know what you, if there's anything in science going on. You yeah, know, with NASA and comets right now. Right. And what's up, Twitter, Kevin? Uh, KP Hickerson is for me. And. Uh, hashtag SYJ gets to, to this. I'm going to try and get a handle, but yeah. it's so funny. There's this at SYJ. It's somebody who opened an account like in 2009, and there's like three tweets. Oh, we and can probably get it. I, I, I've tried. Yeah, I think it. we can. Dude, t- give him a sandwich. Take him out to lunch. I've, I've sent her messages over and over. She doesn't use it. I we got to get it to Twitter. Account. Like, we got to go to Twitter. They said on their pages, they're like, we can't do that. But no, I, I think if can... it's inactive for a while, I think for a sandwich for and a oh, coffee, okay. someone could be talked into it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right.